0: Welcome to AIM 101 Podcast with your host Antonio Locandero and this is episode 3, Random Thoughts on AIM. So first of all, I want to excuse myself for last uh, episode 2 podcast, mic was not set properly so it doesn't sound really really uh, like it's supposed to look and um, anyway, just uh, hoping that this uh, time is much better the audio quality. So, a few things I'm from Belize City right now. It's uh, Saturday in the morning. I'm just waiting before I'm going uh, to work at the tower. Today i working from 10 to around uh, 2 or 3 in the afternoon and looking at the tower and the airplanes. What am I doing here in Belize? Well, doing some airspace design. Some new procedures, PVN procedures, and changing, you know, the let's call it like that efficiency of the airport so that the traffic can flow better. So, for that, it's, uh, it's good to be here. It's uh, nice to be working with the ATC controllers, nice to be just checking out a beautiful uh, country and uh, knowing that whatever I'm doing here will en- enhance uh, safety. It's uh, 29 degrees Celsius, so it's kind of hot, it's uh, not uh, really raining or cloudy, it's more like sunny. So, after saying that, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, AIM. So, what I've been doing for the past uh, week and a half or two, maybe, is uh, I'm taking this cartography online uh, course or MOOC, whatever you want to call it, from this big company. Uh, for GIS uh, software and I announced this um, this course on the global AIS-AM uh, Facebook page so I don't know how many of you actually got to log in and got into this course but this is really interesting because you know one of the parts of AIM is working with actual aeronautical charting so One thing that I have noticed is that people that work with nautical charting are really, most of the time, in in many countries, not really experts uh, with a background in cryptography, like uh, geography and uh, knowing about maps per se. It's just people that they have taken from their normal AIS uh, functions they have identified they have some certain skills to be able to do charting, and then they train them in how to use software. And although that is the normal thing, it leaves a lot of gaps in the middle because, first of all, most of the time you don't have major ideas how the charting really works. So you go and you get an analytical charting course whatever they give it, because now having an aeronautical charting course is very difficult. Not many um, institutions in a, for civil aviation are offering this course most of the time, they're just replacing it with GIS knowledge in general and just reading the documents, but per se an aeronautical charting course has been not in the radar of many, many uh, academies per se. For example if you look at singapore aviation academy which is one of the most known in in asia or in the world you can see that they haven't taught these aeronautical charting course in quite quite a few years i think and the reason is that there are not many people who are really skilled or trained to do this uh training no and and one of the things about this mooc and, and and i have been doing charting for Uh, 10 years for nautical charting and uh, 3 years when I worked for Honduras Census Bureau as a GIS technician. And I never got really into the classical training about uh, how charting works. I I work with the tools because uh, by trade I am a a civil engineer, so I find that uh, we have, uh, at least in in my country, a lot of things that you're supposed to know as a cartographer at least, at a very basic level, scale, how to draw, choose layouts, and, and how to place elements in it, and, and work with projections, are there. But, um, I wonder how things work in the rest of the world, and, and I say that because when I go and, and open AIP for a country, depending on the country that I open, I can see that there's, excuse me, there's some very ugly charting and cartography, I, And I can say just from awful placement of elements, like you can barely see what are the aeronautical things that you need to see, you know, the bearings, if you're doing a visual shot of the placement of the roads and, and cities and poles, if you're doing a approach procedure, just being able to aesthetically, because charting is not just dumping everything on a map and just showing it. It's, it's just, it has to do a lot on how to represent visually all those special things. Uh, that are in the world and that and you need in this case for nautical charting, where the pilot needs to go, in a way that when when you see the chart, you communicate something that's meaningful, not just a data dump. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. And one of the things that I've noticed is that um, now people are not really training cartography; mm. they just taught the elements of nautical charting according to Annex Four, which is the Aeronautical charts manual and then, uh, sorry, uh, standard, and then you use the aeronautical chart manual and then you try to replicate the ICAO standard. And ICAO standards are, if you look at the templates or let's call it like the examples, they're really, really outdated. It's not like how you do charting today. I'm, I'm not saying it's not good, it's good enough for them, but now it's different. And the things that have changed, for example, is now you want to use color and most of the charts you you have to overlay different uh, colors and visibility, you're publishing different size of paper, you're now using PDF mostly, I mean, you still print it, right? But honestly, printing is just a waste of trees in the forest, you know, just go digital, do everything digital. And, this uh, MOOC, until now, I'm just week two into it, it, has taught me a few things which are really, really important about how it's uh, sort of scale, you use the extent of the map, what you want to portray on it, what's the form and function on of the, of the map in general, how to use the projection, it's not that you can just go and dump and use whatever projection you want, it has to... Uh, be meaningful for what you want to do. In our case, since we're talking about aeronautical features, what we want to preserve is that the angles and distances and bearings are basically correct. And for that, usually we're talking about conformal projections or UTM. is used in a few places, but uh, you need to know that uh, charting is just technical, but it's also an art. Okay, and Going back to my thing about looking at different AIPs, i just seen some awful, horrible charting that it's just like the default from the software because you go, you buy a software, and then you say, I want the software to do everything automatically. So you buy these specific aeronautical charting software or you buy some GIS or whatever. And then, of course, because you're not classically trained on... Actually, how to do charting, and you're following the standards, but you don't know how to mix colors, how to fix scale, how to place elements, how to make the map less clutter, how to make it visually um, enhanced, and, and in a sense that you can see which are the important parts. But most of the time, these chartings really just the basic defaults that the map software gives as it is and you produce this mass murder of gis aeronautical charts basically awful horrible looking maps and uh, a few things uh, for example is that hypsometric things or contours or elevations are just not readable you use a rainbow color scheme most of the time or it's too dark which just makes your own article information difficult. The other thing is that you have all these labels that are just like on top of everything and you don't have a way to distinguish using maybe some halos around it or white border or something like that or just placement. I mean the software gives you a default placement but you can kind of move it so that it looks nice and all of these things are the reason that I'm taking this course and I'm learning a lot from these experts in charting, and uh, I, I'm just uh, encourage you that do not look only at having the knowledge on our nautical part of faith but you also need to know a little bit about the background, how to do things about charting, how to work with distortion, you know. Sometimes the area is distorted, sometimes it's shape. The map has to fit the purpose, it's very important. Sometimes you need to generalize things. You cannot just put a very detailed coastline or a detailed uh, road network or uh, city structures in a 1 in 500,000 map or 1 in 1 million. You, know, you need to learn how to generalize, how to place those elements so that it makes really an impact, how to put the thickness of... Um, of the lines and, and text symbols, how will it will look printed, how will it will look in a, on a pdf. I mean, those are all the important things. Another thing about aeronautical charting, and I, what I'm seeing is, is changing, is that now we're moving or trying to move towards electronic charting. Even though IKL has not really produced an example, let me tell you how, how aeronautical charting might work or will work. So. Basically, we're, we're having an AXM database, and in this database, you have all the aeronautical features that you possibly will need to make map. You have uh, airports, you have your runways, you have central lines, you have uh, routes, you have designated points, everything you need to put on the chart. And this database, you can use it so you can extract the information in a certain format and produce a sleepy map. It's like like what you do when you go to Google Maps and just see all these hotels or restaurants and stuff like that. But produce for an article uh, thing, and you will have the capacity to turn layers on off. You'll be able to query features. Let's say I just want to see the airports within 15 miles. You'll be able to turn on and off your procedures, they'll be geo-referenced, it means that it's going to be on their exact position according to the coordinates. Because this is something that I, I'm, I see a lot, is that people draw the aeronautical charts not in a geo-referenced way, which is kind of okay if you're doing it on paper. And you just need to know the general things and where it's located but once you go digital the idea is to produce a thing that is on its correct location on the world and not draw things at least the drawing should not be done as a sketch it should be like the real size of things and then afterwards when you're presenting the information you might need to generalize a few things so that can be exaggerating the size of things or making, let's say, a holding instead of making the actual size a little bit smaller. But sometimes presenting the real size matters. For example, a holding, I see that most of the time if you see a Gapson chart, which is like the height, the norm, you'll see that a holding symbol is really rather small in comparison to the area that you're actually going to fly. So, people tend to think, and some pilots tend to think, that the holding is right as a mile, actually the holding is pretty big to fly, could be four nautical miles, sorry, four minutes just to do the holding, so that's a lot of airspace that you have to protect. And kind of just go beyond the basics, learn a little bit more, and I don't know to charting something that is very, very important, and I'm thinking about the sleeping maps and you're going to be able to query all those things and turn it on and off. Is you can, I think the idea at the end is to replace this paper maps. which essentially is just a way for AIS to provide the information for the database coding uh, companies. I mean few people actually fly with your uh, AIP charts, uh, in some countries maybe not, some maybe a few pilots might, but most pilots actually use database provided charts. So is that with the electronic charts, you'll be able to provide all this kind of information to the public or to the pilots or to the database, and they'll be able to turn things on and off, query, and maybe do some analysis. It's something that you cannot do with a PDF right now. I mean, if an area is active by no time, then you cannot know just from the paper chart if it affects you. you know? But in an article, electronic chart the idea is that you will be able to see in real time if it affects and you have all these kind of cool things that you do on um, um, electronic uh, charts like zooming in zoom out, and uh, just like uh, click and have the info and the attributes and then you can query all those things and then probably good idea would be you can download the information then you can use it in your own software so that's where A X M is going uh, on technical charting, in my opinion, and that's a uh, I don't know if most of the charts will be used in paper format in the future, but let's see how it works. Uh, I'm not uh, a guru predicting future things. It's not all by the loto, the lottery. So besides talking a little bit about charting, which I encourage you to to learn a little bit more into the charting and, and stuff and we'll talk a little bit more around all these topics with the podcast in the future uh i'm also very excited that i think i'm going to the global am conference in santo domingo so if you are there and you want to know who antonio andre is and the maker of this podcast and one 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 then uh, i'll be there probably Uh, almost uh, certainly and uh, we can meet up and I'll be doing a few interviews I've been harassed a little bit by George, Uh hi George, about doing a video uh, blog uh, on site so he's offered to be my co-host so let's see I think we could do some uh, video logs from if I'm uh, telling just bringing how it works uh, How's everything on the Nautical world in, in Santo Domingo? Uh, also, uh, uh, talking, talking a little bit about the future, I just have a draft here somewhere about the new PANTS AIM, and I just came through it very quickly. But uh, some of the important things that I'm seeing is that we're moving towards electronic things, you know. So paper-based uh, services are just, you know, it's have been out for a few years in the, in the industry we just doing the same article you know equal one um talking about providing data sets and it says that if you provide the data sets you can essentially just eliminate the sections from the paper or the electronic aip so uh anywhere, and be uh, advised that probably the aip in the future is not going to have three parts I think it started like 8 parts at some point, I never saw the 8 parts AIP, but uh, then it moved to the 3 part AIP, but uh, in the future, I think we're talking about just a 1 part AIP and datasets. And basically, if I have the data of the routes, nav airports in the AXM data, and that data I can produce it in JSON, I can have a J file. I can have cell sheets then why do I want to have those tables that are not really friendly I have to copy paste everything on the AIP if I can just have the raw data that will need to be publishing those tables so that's going to be a quite a shift also in the in the AIP future because like uh, I said less pages to print less pages to produce you just have a data set then for Every time I write an Iraq date that we're going to have, you're just going to have to provide a dataset instead of the actual thing that we're doing now, just having a electronic uh, PDF version of paper, because actually the E A I P is not really that smart if you kind of think about it, and that's my rant for the future episode four. Let's talk about the EAP and how it's really not that much better than what we have now, except that now you can copy-paste from HTML. So this is the 20 minutes for episode 3, Random Thoughts on AIM. Hopefully the audio is better on this one. The next one is going to be next week. Remember, it's going to be my rant on EAP. So until the next one, bye-bye.